RTB AM. I was really triggered. We don't want Johnny Sexton having any part of any Netflix curse ahead of the World Cup. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Delighted to say that we've got Mark Lawrenson with us this morning. Mark, good morning to you. How are you? Morning. All good, thank you. I'm going for Rafa. Oh, yeah, me too. Proper athlete. Yeah, and, and, and a likeable chap, which is yeah, important. absolutely, yeah. Um, Jurgen Klopp and the situation he finds himself in at the moment, Andy Robertson, unfortunately, gave a little bit of a hostage to fortune in the post-match where he was like, oh, this is a new low. Is it a new low? It's a cup game. It went end-to-end. Uh, you know, they're up against a team who are really good at the moment. Like, Yeah, no, it's not, not, it's not a new low. Um to be honest with you, I think I think a draw would have been a fair result. Obviously, you know, Matoma's goal, he took it up brilliantly. Joe Gomez wants spanking for what he did, turned his back on him, etc. But no, I, I think there are, there are there's little signs that they're starting to get a little bit better. Obviously, they kept two clean sheets beforehand. In the first half yesterday, they could have actually been two or three nil in front. Um, we we know all is all is not well, but they, they've certainly improved a little bit and. As everybody knows, just waiting for the the injured players to come back. But no, it's it's most definitely not. That's not a new low. No. Uh, what is the situation at the moment with regards to uh, how well the team is playing? Where where are they in that cycle of uh, not playing well at all uh, to the absolute peak that we've seen them? Because you know the season is not over. There's still massive games against Real Madrid to come. Yeah. Where if they they could easily turn the season around with two Titanic performances there, and suddenly everything is is calm again. Well, the seasons, the, the next, the two games against Madrid, are Liverpool season, aren't they? In, in, in a nutshell, and I think he might have a couple of players back by them, which will be obviously beneficial to him. Um, they've had that. They've had a really, really poor run. They've conceded poor goals as well, and we we know all about the problems in midfield, etc. And they they won't really be addressed until the end of the season, starts next season, and they're having to make do and some of the. The kids are coming into play as well. But, I mean, I've seen every game in the last, well, probably the last 15 of the games, I've seen every single one. And, and they were actually quite good yesterday. And as I say, in the first half, they, they could have they could have run away with it. And Salah, for once, started to look like he might be a little bit interested. He's been very disinterested, in, in all honesty. But um, he, he was definitely ready for it yesterday. It's it's one of those, and it? it's it, you know the thing with football is if if the top team if you're not winning you know it's all wrong it's this you've got to sign him you've got to do this and change the team and all those kind of things but they're not a million miles away but they're just they've just not been good and and you know I think Klopp's openly admitted that no matter what he's what he's done and and like anything when you suddenly think you started starting to play well and winning games um, and yesterday was just unfortunate. I think there was a point yesterday, Laura, on, on commentary when Ali McCoist pointed out the fact that Liverpool's fullbacks just don't get forward as much as they used to. Um, and you're watching um, Trent and Robertson. Like, is it, is it, are they more risk averse maybe now than, than they would have been in, in seasons gone by? Well, I think I think the boy Mitoma. I, I mean, he turned he turned Trent inside out. I mean, he was he was a game's best player. He was he was outstanding. So um, I think that limited Trent most definitely. Robbo. Robbo's not had a particularly good season. 
on, sorry, not as good as he has been. And there's, there's only been eight or nine out of ten. He's, he's just not quite at it. But he's, he's one of many. And obviously, if they knew why, they'd rectify it. But they, they just can't. They just don't know. I mean, there's, there's lots of theories. And we know that they played every single game possible last season. And they hardly had any rest at the end of the season. And I think because of the way they play, that that's really affected them. Um, lacking in legs in midfield, we've got young legs but without experience. And then we've got experience without legs. So, I mean, what do you do? Uh, I mean, Fabinho yesterday should have been sent off most definitely. He's Since he's come back from the World Cup, I don't know what's happened to him. He's, and he hardly played in the World Cup. Did he start one game, maybe? So there's, there's a whole litany of, of, of players who who just haven't been able to perform to the very best. And then it, when you, you chuck the injuries, and I'm not, I'm not sort of saying, you know, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm a big fan, but I'd like to think that every time I look at the game, if if they're poor, they're poor. Um, but they weren't, they weren't poor yesterday. Um, as I say, first half they could have been three up, and that would have obviously made a, a great difference to them. It was a it was a shocking tackle from Fabinho and Evan Ferguson, wasn't yeah. it? I know VAR probably has. Um, we have to take a look at VAR because surely that Listen, should have been upgraded to a red. Here's one for you. The VAR guy yesterday is my mate, a fella called Neil Swarbrick, who's a, a Preston boy. And I texted him afterwards, and he actually said to me, "He said I like referees to referee." So take it, but it was it was just a, a poor tackle. And in fairness to Fabinho, he knew. He absolutely knew, and, and he hung around as to say, look, I'm sorry, but I, I didn't mean it, but it, it should have been sent off, yes, definitely. That's an interesting point about um, the letting the referees referee, right? Because it, it, yeah. it just, they're not actually supposed to referee anymore. They're supposed to keep the flags <laughs> down. Do you know, the, the linesman is supposed to keep the, the flag down until yeah. the end of the play, and then at the end they put the flag up. So it, it, we're in this kind of weird paradoxical situation where no one really knows what's supposed to happen. No, well, you're you're absolutely right, and it's chaos every time, isn't it? And I tell you where we've been really, really fortunate with the with the linesman with the flag down is that nobody's been seriously injured with letting the game go on. Look, if you're offside, you're offside. Put the flag up. I, I, I really don't. I really don't get it at all. Um, and it will happen if it continues, where somebody will get seriously injured, and then there'll be there'll be well. You can imagine what the fuss that's going to happen after that, can't you? In this instance, I have a feeling that potentially the referee was like, "Oh, look, if that was really that bad on replay, because I, you know, I, I think it might have been bad, but I, it could easily just have been, it could easily just have been a fairly stereotypical yellow card." I'll get picked up by the VAR guy, and the VAR guy's like, "Oh no, the referee obviously didn't want that." And so all of a sudden, you have this kind of disconnect because I, I don't know how much conversation there is in the build-up to the match. Are you going to referee everything? Yeah, let me go. Let me do my job. You know. Uh, um. Yeah, what you, you mean? You mean with the VAR guy? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think that's a really interesting point. Actually, I would, I would imagine that there's probably none because they all sort of know know the rules, and it's just you know on you go and and, and referee. And I mean, it's, it drives everybody mad, doesn't it? And they need to sit down at the end of the season. We've got we've got a new guru as well now in terms of VAR and everything, haven't we? I do love a good guru. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I can't remember his name. He, he, he did the World Cup final when I was at it as well. Was was, was at Holland and Spain. Howard Webb. The referee. Oh, What's yeah. his name? Howard, Howard Webb. Webb. 2010, yeah. Howard Webb, yeah. Howard Webb, who's actually a decent bloke, by the way. So I think 
I think, and he's just I think he's just got in the job, so we give him a little bit of time. But next season will be interesting. The start of next season, most definitely, because you'd like to think that many things will change. Um, and we'll be waiting and see. Well, look, let's talk about the good of Evan Ferguson then. Uh, 18 years of age, we've obviously mm. known about him for a long time as the, the great white hope of Irish football. But it seems like the, the rest of the English football media in particular are starting to... Um, wake up to him fingers crossed the the injury is nothing too significant but his performances have been spectacular for an 18 year old yeah no outstanding his understanding of of, of, uh, where he's playing and how he's supposed to play in that position is is excellent I just I just I think it'd be okay I just think it's a a heavy whack on the back of the leg I don't I don't think it's muscular or anything like that and he he seems to me like a roughie and a toughie so he he should be okay um, and the thing with him, obviously, is he's just he's got to keep learning. But to to stick him in and play him on a regular basis with with all that they've got at Brighton is is a fair old statement, isn't he? And um, he's he's learning and he's getting. He seems to get better. It's it's there. It's game. Sorry, he's scoring goals. So yeah, wrap him in cotton wool. As a as a former defender yourself, uh, Laura, like how difficult is it to come up against a striker of Evan Ferguson's type? Because he holds the ball up so well, he can shoot, he can score goals as well. But he gets involved in the play a lot. We saw Kanate, you know, chopping a, a piece out of him as well earlier in the game. Yeah. So he's tough to mark. Oh yeah, he's tough to mark, and he's he's and he's strong, and he lets you know that he's there, and he's got pace. So um, yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's just one of those. But um, he can't play without the ball, can he? Well, true. His movement is quite good, though. Like he seems more mature you know, than an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, honestly, for his, for his age, he, he understands the position, and he just, you know you see young players coming in and running all over the place, and you see him chasing down fullbacks, and every, all the supporters applaud him, and oh, brilliant, and all that. He's he's cleverer than that already. So, and I think he's got uh, a really good manager, and just just the fact that he's playing. He probably wakes up every day at the moment and thinks like, "Wow, I'm I'm to- I'm in heaven here. This is this is great." But also, how easy it is. So he will get better, but then he'll go through a little spell where things don't work, and that's really when we decide as as players looking at him how good he's going to be. Everybody has it. They come in and have that season, and you know they score goals, knock people around, and look brilliant, and then. Everybody who plays against him in the next season, they kind of they have a plan to play against him. And if you can overcome that plan, if he can overcome that plan next season, he is going to be a real player. Uh, just to tell everybody, Roy McIlroy and Patrick Reed both made birdies in the space of about five minutes there, and uh, both are on seventeen under par. It's a pity they're not playing together. That would have been box office, <laughs> wouldn't it? Well, the way it's working out is that Reed is just that one hole ahead of him, so McIlroy is watching everything that's happening. And every time McElroy plays a good shot, Patrick Reed is like storming off the next green, having just sunk either an eagle or a birdie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's uh, it's it's working out all right. Um, good. Uh, you, you see a good bit of pressing at the moment, and you've uh, Alan Brown and Robbie Brady are playing. Obviously, they they didn't they weren't able to do anything in the cup yeah. game, and Troy Parrott was unavailable because he's on loan from Spurs. But how are, how are Brown and Brady in particular playing at the moment? Because they're kind of key players for Ireland. Brown has been iffy. Um, he got left out the other week. He's he's had a, a so-so season. Robert, Robbie Brady's done well. He, d- he doesn't play every game. But no, Robbie Brady's d- done well. I mean, the, the thing about them, they're, they're a really defensive team, Preston, because <laughs> they, don't, they don't score many goals. And 
And if you look at the record, they hardly ever win at home or score, but they, they win most of the games away from home. That's, that tells you everything about them. But um, yeah, Brownie's, Brownie's just, he's, a, he's had an, an in and out season. So um, hopefully he can kick on now till the end of the season. But Rob, Robbie's done well. He's been a good signing, actually. Troy Parrott, obviously, uh, injured the hamstring in the process no of, pace. of scoring. Troy, he's got, he's got no pace, I'm afraid. Um, and, you know, he, he's a nice footballer, but he hasn't scored many goals, as we know, as well. But he's, he's, he's got no pace, and um, I'm sorry at that level. And, that's, and, it's, not, and it's not his fault, but at that level... Um, you know, I don't, I don't know where he'll end up. He's obviously only on loan at Preston. He'll go back to Tottenham, but he, he certainly will not get anywhere near Tottenham's team, I'm afraid. What's the options then in terms of the Republic of Ireland strike force, Mark? Because Michael Obafemi secured a move to Burnley at the weekend, which was great to see. Aaron Connolly with yeah. a couple of goals for Hull. You've had Amida in the conversation as well. Uh, so there, there's options there. You mentioned Paris. Well, it started, and- to look, it started to look better. We've, we've had games where we look and think, that who the hell's going to play up front? Um, so... I think it's like anything. And once you get competition for places, it, it pushes players on. Um, you know, and, and Ferguson should, you know, he's there, isn't he? You, you stick him in. Why Why wouldn't you? Uh, because what we've got at the moment, we just we struggle to score. I mean, Republic of Ireland are a bit like Preston, as far as I'm concerned, is which is, and you know, the top end of the pitch is the most important of, of any football team. And if, if you're not scoring goals regularly, thing about it is the opposition know and, and they're sort of saying, look, don't make any mistakes. And these, these guys struggle to, to make opportunities. So, yeah. um, so hope, hopefully they, they all kick on, which would be great. If you suddenly got four or five in contention, that definitely will push players on. Uh, one last thing, Matt Doherty obviously uh, played played 70 minutes um, and seems yeah. to be slightly ahead of Emerson Royal at the moment because there's been a falling out with Royal. Um uh, how did he play? How did Doherty play against Preston? I'm not being funny. I could have played at right wing back <laughs> at 65. Um, Matt, he, he did well, but it was... I don't know if you saw the game, but basically Preston set up first half not to concede. Really seriously did. And Tottenham had so much possession, but they were... I don't. I think the keeper had to make a couple of saves, uh, Woodman for um, Preston, but generally, generally, Tottenham just played in front of... Preston, it was like, have the ball, pass the ball. There were so many balls, sidewards and all that kind of stuff. And you kind of thought, it was just so easy. It was just so easy for Matt Doherty. But he never kind of got in, in any position where crosses in or or whatever like that, purely and simply because Preston sat there and, and made it difficult. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. So, sometimes when you watch games like that, I mean, if you looked at Son, Son was the only player on the pitch, basically, who got his head up and try to beat people and try to score, um, of which he obviously was successful early in the second half. But you, you, look, you look at the games and you're thinking, and you look at, you know, you're probably all those stats and you go, well, yeah, he completed 193 passes. But you know what? 192 of them were either sideways or backwards. I mean, do you get that when you watch it? Do you, do you feel like that? Because I do. Yeah, sometimes it definitely feels like it's... Um... Uh, for no particular purpose at all. Yeah, I know it is, isn't it? And then, I mean, that, that's why, you know, the top teams are the top teams because all the midfield players get the ball and the first thing they do is look forward. All right, sometimes you can't pass it, but, you know, you, you look forward all the time, try and play somebody in and 
you just see game after game after game and you think, oh my God, what is it? Mark, we'll leave it there. Good stuff. Thanks a million. Pleasure. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.